Hello, and welcome to Impact the Borough, a podcast from the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. I'm Brent Christensen, the president and CEO of the Chamber. Each week, we'll highlight what we're doing to start and grow businesses, create quality jobs, and develop our workforce. We'll also check in with our community partners to share inspiring stories and important information from across our community. This podcast is brought to you by TrueLiant Federal Credit Union, a modern, mission-driven financial institution focused on the needs of its members, the businesses it serves, and our community. With five locations in Guilford County, including a dedicated commercial lending office at Friendly Center and a highly rated mobile banking app, TrueLiant makes it their business to help you grow yours. Visit TrueLiant.org for more information. Good afternoon. Uh, So I'm Marvin Price. I'm the Executive Vice President of Economic Development for the Greensboro Chamber. And today we have two developers from Greensboro that are going to give us insight into economic development, the process, and what companies are looking for in real estate when considering to locate their business. First up, we have David Ramsey. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, Marvin. I'm David Ramsey. Thanks for the intro. Um, I'm with uh, Landmark Builders. I'm the uh, business development director. Um, I am not in development per se. Um, we're on the construction side of that, but um, uh, it's glad, I'm glad to be here with you today. Thank you so much. And next up, we have Evan Stone. Hey, Marvin. Great to be with you as well. Um, my role is uh, vice president of industrial business development with Carroll Industrial Development. Um, and we're a subsidiary of the Carroll Companies, which is a 40-year-old development company. And um, on the industrial side, we have a portfolio of Greenfield land we've earmarked for industrial development. And our real model is build the suit, lease back, retained ownership. But we play in that space, in the development space, in a whole different host of ways. And so my background, as you know, similar to David's, is economic development and building construction business development. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much. So, the first question that I have, if David and Evan, if you could tell us a little bit more in depth, what do you do and what's exciting about this work for you guys? Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll kick that off. To be clear, Carroll Companies uh, is a 40-year-old development company and, and really jumped head first, has a portfolio of land of, around the country, I say Texas East, of a little less than 2,000 acres the portfolio of land that we've earmarked for industrial development. And so my role is to prepare that land, be it site studies, uh, so phase one geotechs, uh, archeological endangered species, so on uh, for development, and then take that to our civil engineers, get conceptual uh, plans done. And then also the marketing piece. I mean, business development is largely marketing. So it's everything from drone flyovers to site brochures, to interfacing with brokers and all that. So it's kind of, well, my role is business development. It's, it's also planning conceptual uh, site preparedness. And so a lot of my time is either spent on the site preparedness side or on the marketing interface side. Um, and really we're trying to get uh, our, our land portfolio in front of end users or brokers that represent end users. Thanks for sharing. What about you, David? Yeah, so um, Marvin, my my background um, is all economic development, and then I knew a lot about Landmark, um, being in the with the Greensboro Chamber, and came over to Landmark um, on the private side back in September of uh, 2020, um, as you're aware of, and um, 
I love, I love what we do. Um, you know, we're <clears throat> have a very similar background in terms of um, longevity, I guess, as, as Evan mentioned on, on the Carol side. So we've been around for about 45 years um, and, uh, you know, work in all different disciplines um, and on the, on the building construction side, design build. So uh, from office, medical office, senior living, a lot of industrial and spec, um, we work very closely with our development partners, um, but we are not uh, a developer. Um, so we're on the construction side of that. So what excites me about uh, being with Landmark and being in the market, uh, you know, that we're in is, is having an opportunity to see those projects come to fruition, you know, from the beginning um, until, until the, the grand opening. Um, and so, you know, in your role in economic development, Marvin, you see um, how important it is that we have that inventory um, and I would always beat that drum as well. And I know Evan does as well, but then they actually see it happening um, is, has been a really eye-opening experience for me. And so um, our projects um, in this market are, um, you know, from all over the triad, we have a Charlotte office, Columbia, South Carolina office. So our projects are from here, actually all the way down to, to Atlanta and on the hospitality side as well. Um, and so uh, we have two uh, uh, high-rise projects uh, going on right now and one in Atlanta and one in Charleston. Um, so it's interesting to see all those different disciplines, especially, I would say, on the industrial side. I love it. I love it. Well, next Marvin, up. Yeah. yeah you, you asked what excited me about the work. Sorry to interrupt there. I, you asked me what excited me, and I kind of I didn't mention what excites me, and, and, not, and I didn't want anyone to think that these things don't excite me because they do, and I wouldn't be doing this if they didn't, but I'll tell you. To use a, a racing or sports um, uh, example, um, the thing that for me, particularly from the land development readiness side, is that I got to take this piece of land that nobody really knows about in the marketplace per se, and um, you know, sort of have spring practice or or practice in the background and get it ready and get it ready, and then once we get it ready, we kind of put it out there into the world, whether it's CoStar or LoopNet or, or advertising or marketing it ourselves. And then you're kind of jumping in the game and to see kind of where those things stack up. Those are the things I like. And much like David said, seeing something kind of go from soup to nuts to see kind of the, the, the fruits of your, of your work, if you will, um, really excites me. It's kind of fun. So I enjoy that. Sorry about that. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, well, moving on to the next sub the next question for us, what type of real estates does cities need to have available to be competitive in the economic developments, the economic development space? A lot of times we, we recognize that no uh, product, no project. And I think that's actually trademarked by uh, Jay Gardner uh, down in Atlanta. But essentially, what do you see cities needing, needing to have to be competitive? I think it really depends on what city um, you're looking at. So I, I would, you know, take a step back and say <clears throat> what works in um, a market like Greensboro, High Point, Winston-Salem, the triad um, is not necessarily a priority in, say, uh, Nashville or Atlanta market um, or maybe even Raleigh, which is close by. So I think you take a step back and say what what is in need here? Um, what does the market uh, typically yield? Um, and then, and so in our market, you know, clearly um, there's a high demand for industrial. You know, what I think is interesting in the market that we're in now, not the geographic market, market but the, the cycle, the market cycle is any spec building right now is, is almost turned into a build to suit. 
Um, and so we see spec buildings that are leased, um, pre-leased before um, uh, you know, they're even finished. Um, or if they, if they do hang out on the market, it's for a very, very, very short time. Um, and this can be for a, you know, manufacturing distribution. I mean, last mile, last mile is almost cliche now because we always hear about a last mile uh, type of operation, which is that, you know, it's not that redistribution or distribution center. It's that, uh, that product that goes to the last mile to a home or a business uh, from that shop. And so, you know, in our market, it's definitely going to be industrial. Um, you know, Landmark is very involved in other markets as well. Charlotte um, is the other market in, in, in North Carolina. Um, and so that market is going to see a ton of industrial and logistics as well, but also office. Um, and so, you know, you're going to see some uh, office spec in, in a market like that, slightly different um, than what we have here. But, you know, industrial is always going to be very, very strong um, in this particular market. And again, uh, any kind of spec almost turns into a build to suit. Um, it's happening so quickly. What about you, Evan? Yeah, I, I would very much agree with David. You know, I think obviously if you had a, a pie in the sky, perfect scenario, you'd have uh, a city where commercial development has an equal balance between commercial and then your industrial warehouse distribution. Obviously that's not the case. And so if you, when you identify locations, obviously there are strengths and weaknesses um, uh, to each location, whether it's it's commercial office or industrial warehouse. And one of the unique things that is unique to this area of the country and particularly the triad is the connectivity, right? So you've got intermodal hub, you've got multiple uh, interstate connectivity, uh, interstates going across the eastern seaboard that connect east and west and north and south. And that by virtue of itself lends itself uh, to industrial warehouse distribution because of the logistics network that that uh, lives here, um, and so for for us, it's it's warehouse distribution, light manufacturing assembly, right? So where where parts and pieces come into a plant and they get put together, um, that sort of thing. So I, I think that's the real strength here, and I don't think that that's dissuade the commercial office market because obviously, given given what's here uh, in the state. You're going to have some overflow, be it from other markets around the state. So you have some large office uh, uh, users here. And we get into talking about the post-COVID effect of that in a minute. But So there is some of that. But the strength here, without a doubt, is, is the industrial warehouse distribution, light manufacturing assembly, that whole uh, sector. Yeah, and, and Marvin, I will just say to to put a little bit of a, a point on office. Um, you know, this can this all this market can also generate good office product. Um, you know, we uh, just recently finished Project Slugger, which is the uh, downtown Greensboro. You know, mid rise, um, and those rents are um, already um, in the seventy five to eighty percent. Um, uh, type of occupancy, which is very good. And so um, I think that when that project started, um, there could have been, I don't know if there was, there was some opposition to say, do we really need a new, you know, office tower in downtown Greensboro? Um, well, yeah, um, because we have users who want to have top-notch space. They want to attract top-notch talent. And so, yes, we focus on industrial. That is definitely our sweet spot. It has been um, for a long, long time. Um, but this market can also yield uh, very good office options. It's not going to be as, as robust in terms of square footage um, as the industrial side. But, you know, Landmark has done 
Project Slugger in downtown Greensboro. We did uh, Bailey uh, Power Plant in downtown Winston, and we did Plant 7 um, in, in, in High Point. And so in all those locations, I've had very, very good activity. Um, so I don't, I, don't, I, I want to underline office in this market as well. Again, it's not an industrial, um, the, the volume, but office, a new office has, has stood on its own recently, even during COVID. Yeah, and I'll, I'll even add that dirt, our company, and I, I deal from our development standpoint almost solely with industrial, but our company has a Ballpark South program right near Slugger planned uh, with a massing plan and, and all of the lead up to that. And so um, coming in, coming out of, out of COVID, sort of post-COVID, we'll take the temperature, but clearly we think that that um, there's a lot of benefit and potential there as well. Uh, growth opportunity in the commercial market sector as well. I don't deal directly with that myself, but I would agree with David. I mean, I, th I think there's there's definitely the potential there. No, absolutely, gentlemen. And one way that I like to kind of explain it or would like to answer this question myself from a real estate perspective, if a city only has industrial space, then if a company wants it to come in and do something with office, well, speed to market is very important. So maybe they're going to look at a different community. So my analogy is if a restaurant only had one item, then you're limiting your customer base. So we have to have a robust uh, option menu, if you will, from industrial to commercial to office space and present these opportunities to these companies that are looking to grow and expand. But David, you mentioned a few times about spec buildings, and I recognize that our audience may not understand the whole definition of a spec building. So if you don't mind, could you go ahead and give us a little brief overview of what is a spec building and the purpose of it? Sure, and I'd be glad to. And I know this is probably going to have at least a million downloads. So I will, I will uh, go through that so the audience knows. But um, so a spec is just speculative space. It's, 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 it is, um, uh, just to use industrial. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big box, if you will, um, that's, that is uh, solely uh, developed and constructed for a, a potential new user, whoever that user may be. Um, and spec is, is typically going to be um, in a, from a location standpoint in a market that is a pretty healthy market. Um, uh, and has very, very, very little risk for that particular industry of spec. So, you know, industrial, uh, logistics or manufacturing. Um, and, then, and then you just, you know, at that point, boil it down to um, size. And so um, in our market, you know, uh, in, in the triad, anything that is uh, 200 to 250, 300, we've even seen some square footage approaching 400 um, in spec um, with a 32 to 34. 36 foot clear um, height is, is standard. Um, and this is a strong uh, uh, deviation and uptick from even, you know, say five years ago um, when you would typically see this market yield 100 to 120,000 um, in spec. Now it's very, very safe to have 300. We've seen companies who are doing build to suit, um, uh, two, two examples now. Um, uh, where they've said, hey, we want, to, we want to do a build to suit, which is, you know, hey, build a building for us based on this, this uh, uh, specification. Um, and while we're going in that, we want to go in the spec building that's already, you know, several months ahead of schedule. And so, yeah, yeah no product, no project, but also, um, you know, if you've got something, we'll even go in temporarily, <clears throat> excuse me, temporarily, or may probably, um, again, if you have that spec building, they'll be in both buildings. 
Um, that's that's the type of activity we're seeing right now. But that's spec, and that's and that's the type of spec, that industrial space that closely matches our market. Okay. Well, I have the next question for the both of you. What are we doing well in Greensboro, and what do we need more of? Well, I think one of the things that Greensboro does really well, Marvin, is the sort of um, multifaceted approach. And, and part of that really is through efforts of the chamber and leadership at the chamber, both present and past, and in the way that um, they've sort of been able to play in a bunch of different arenas. You know, we've talked about spec, industrial warehouse, but also the commercial office space. And the, and the willing to kind of play both games and step in and be nimble and be flexible. I mean, Greensboro does that uh, well from a, from a development standpoint. And I think, I think that will continue to get better. I mean, uh, the, the assets here for the business community, either side in North Carolina are fantastic. And, and Greensboro is, um, has, has done really well but I also think is ripe for, for quite a, some growth going forward. Um, and David may have some other insight into that, but I just think the nimble and flexibility and the willingness to, to, um, uh, to embrace new, new development um, from, a, from a business community standpoint. Um, and I think, there's some folks in the community that need to be kind of pulled along a little bit, but um, that's going to be okay. And, and I think once people realize that you can um, attract the kind of business you want, then it'll go from there. So Marvin, are you um, speaking of uh, as it relates to spec space or just in general? Just in general. Okay. Just in general. Yeah. So um, I, I would totally agree with, uh, you know, everything that Evan said, I, I would also, um, say it and, and um, you know, pile on um, that this community does well um, when, when things really need to get done. Um, and when there is a banner project um, or, you know, something that is, is going to make a difference. Um, I think that all projects should be, you know, really triaged that way. Um, and, you know, we have a lot of volume right now and, and people are very, very busy. Um, but, uh, you know, this, this market is not um, uh, other markets in, in the state. And so um, we have people in place who recognize that. And so when, so when something comes across, um, you know, uh, that desk, um, a, a set of plans or drawings, um, you know, that needs to move very quickly. And so, um, you know, we've seen, we've seen that happen on the construction side at the city of Greensboro, um, you know, when you can call, um, uh, leadership at the chamber and get, get them, you know, via text or, um, or, you know, grab lunch and say, Hey, I just want to let you know, this is coming. Um, or, um, you know, when you see the city manager out or the director of planning or whomever, um, and say, Hey, you know, we really need some help here. Um, and, and those teams, they are very accessible. You just have to call. Them. Um, and, uh, if something gets, you know, uh, delayed or whatever the case may be, um, that can usually move very quickly. And so I do see a sense of urgency, um, again, when that urgency is communicated. Um, uh, and so we do, we do a good job um, of that, I think all over the triad, but you're asking about Greensboro, um, uh, uh, especially. And so 
So I think that's right. I think that um, we also do a good job of highlighting areas that, um, you know, need to move very quickly in terms of regions. Um, you know, uh, Eastern Guilford County, Eastern Greensboro um, has seen a tremendous amount of growth just in the last few years. Um, you know, these are, these are areas that, um, uh, you know, we could, we could list every project, um, but um, from, you know, pre-packed to Publix to, you know, uh, even some office projects in that area um, that have, have really, really, really um, changed the landscape in the last two years um, in this region. And again, um, it's for a multitude of factors. Um, one of them um, in this region is, is workforce. Um, and so, you know, you look at um, uh, how our workforce is tied to logistics, manufacturing, um, uh, you know, just those two, which we see uh, a lot of growth. Um, and we have a workforce system, you know, both uh, uh, a workforce system that can, that, that is accessible, that can be trained, but also space. Um, that is a perfect, uh, that's a perfect yield scenario. That project is, is going to go to that location. Um, and so I think we do a very, very good job in getting projects through um, and then getting the talent um, aligned to that project um, to, to, and then at that point, you know, um, at that point, it, you know, it, it may come down to an incentive or two, but at this, at this stage that we're in, in this market that we're in, it's, it's time and talent. Um, and those are two things that we have. Well, for me, I think one thing that we're doing well in Greensboro is that I think we've made a name for ourselves. Um, I, I think it's difficult at times for people to see that, but knowing that people recognize us as the third largest city in the ninth largest state, that, that has some weight behind it, right? So the one thing that I want us to do more of as a community overall is beat that drum as loud as we possibly can because we have so much great news and so many great things going on in the community that sometimes I think we take it for granted that hey our art scene in Greensboro like oh you know hey it's just whatever right kind of thing or how many uh graduates that we have or are able to retain here or the affordability. I, I just purchased a home here right and being able to afford the kind of home that I have I would not be able to afford that in the Charlotte market. So I think we have to tell that story, continue to push it out to anyone that is willing to listen, because truly we have great news in Greensboro. So the last question that I have for you guys, what are the industry sectors that were the most hurt by COVID and what are you ant anticipating to be the hot in demand markets uh, when things are back to normal or a new form of normal? Yeah, so Marvin, um, <clears throat> obviously everyone knows commercial office, uh, you know, really got depleted and hit pretty hard in COVID because everybody, you know, with lockdown, we all started working from home and doing Zoom calls and all that sort of thing. And I think that our initial thought process was that that wasn't gonna come back and that it was a new normal. We were gonna work from home more and telecommute and keep doing the Zoom thing. Um, and others may disagree. My feeling is, is that while it may take 18 months, 24 months, I think we as people have um, a need to, to be back in touch uh, with other people at work, collaborative, so on and so forth. 
there may be more flexibility as to when you're in the office and when you're out of the office and that kind of thing. But I think for the most part, Americans are going back into commercial office space to, to do work. Um, with the exception of places where companies can save, save a huge chunk of their overhead by not leasing office space that maybe they don't think they need, or maybe they assign two or three, four people to an office that they share throughout the week or whatever the case may be. Um, so I, I, I think I think office is actually gonna come back, even though initially we thought that it wouldn't, um, that this was a new normal. Your question was, what's hot, what's in demand, what's coming back? And I, I think it's true that, you know, your, your logistics and distribution markets are obviously gonna get ramped up. Um, but I think we were doing that anyway, right? Brick and mortar sales, retail, that sort of thing was going away anyway. We all order on Amazon, whether we like it or not, even if it's just for the one or two things a year that we can't find elsewhere, or we order our groceries on Instacart or, you know, whatever the case may be, um, that, that distri marketing distribution sector, uh, is, is, um, is, is going to take off coming out of COVID, but it, but it was anyway, it, we might've just pushed that, pushed that ball further down the field with COVID. It might just sped it up. Um, as far as hot in, in demand, like dr drilling down second sectors more so, and I'll let David get into this a little bit better. I mean, anything that, anything with automation, anything with battery driven, that's not energy driven, um, uh, all those things uh, are, are, are going to be more and more in demand or are, are going to become hotter and hotter as we as we come out of COVID and we can really uh, uh, narrow in on on sort of technological and business growth. So uh, Marvin, I would also say to answer your question, um, you know, we don't know, and I maintain this, we don't know what the new trends are. Um, uh, coming out of, you know, a pandemic. Um, what I think has happened is uh, the pandemic has accelerated trends that were already there. And so, you know, Evan mentioned the, um, you know, e-commerce, e e-retail effect, um, you know, having a, tr a tremendous uh, influence on traditional brick and mortar retail, that was already there. Um, and it really accelerated, you know, that trend. And so uh, we continue to see, uh, uh, logistics manufacturing, um, especially distribution logistics, uh, having a big effect on this. I do think, though, at the end of the year, we will see um, uh, the country focus a little bit less on durable products and shifting into um, uh, different consumer uh, items, such as travel. Um, you know, uh, and so we, we may not see that addition on your home um, uh, it, it may go into a, a vacation club or, or, or whatever. And so, you know, people are ready to get out. I do want to focus um, for a couple of seconds on, on office. Um, you know, at Landmark, we have priced a number of different uh, upfits and, and redos um, of, of current offices. We haven't seen any of our customers get out um, of their offices necessarily and completely go home. I don't think that's a sustainable model. Um, but they could be completely reconfiguring. Um, I was just at a location yesterday that's, that's doing that, getting ready for everybody to come back to work. Um, but those office spaces, those, those you know, workstations and those 
collision spots are going to look very different. They may do things like hoteling and, and things like this, but they are going back to work. Um, it is an opportunity um, for a, a market uh, or a, you know, or an end user to, to quote unquote reimagine their space, um, which are all kinds of opportunities for us. Um, and so, yeah, so we've seen um, those companies get ready. Their facilities, people are there. Um, they're ready to have a space that people are ready to come back to as opposed to what they left on Friday, March 13th, 2020. Um, and so they, you know, they, they want to keep that talent there. They're going to be dealing with people who, you know, are used to working from home. They like the flexibility. Um, and so I think we'll definitely see um, uh, that change. Um, I think we'll see uh, opportunities like retail, um, uh, you know, shift into an e-commerce type of solution as well. But retail will always be around. Um, you know, we're always have that need to walk into a store um, or walk into a museum or, or whatever. Um, you can't zoom that in or, or teams that in. Um, and so, uh, uh, yeah, but don't count office out at all. Um, you know, we're going to see brand new spaces come around um, to keep good talent there. You're always going to need a place to go to go to work. Well, Evan and David, thank you so much for joining today. This information was invaluable. We really appreciate it. To learn more about what we do at the Chamber to attract businesses to our areas, please visit greensboro.org slash economic development. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Thanks, Marvin. Marvin. Thanks, Evan. Bye-bye. This podcast is brought to you by Truliant Federal Credit Union, a modern, mission-driven financial institution focused on the needs of its members, the businesses it serves, and our community. With five locations in Guilford County, including a dedicated commercial lending office at Friendly Center, and a highly rated mobile banking app, Truliant makes it their business to help you grow yours. Visit truliant.org for more information. You can find all of our episodes on YouTube thanks to our video sponsor, North State. Make sure to subscribe so you'll get new episodes delivered to your device each week. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at GSO Chamber. See you next time. Thank you.